Hey, welcome back to the podcast. This week, we're telling the story of Crossair Flight 3597. Thanks for listening. Record. (laughs) So, dear friends, so as is our tradition, um, I have uh, pushed back recording time. And in the text where Mariah very graciously asked if I would be ready at the predetermined time. So I thought I sent a message that said, is 830 okay? Not a super long one tonight. But the text I actually sent, as Mariah just pointed out to me, was does eight thirty work? Should be a crazy long one tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Mariah. Poor it's Mariah. okay. I was like, okay, we could do this. We could do this. Thinking <laughs> like eleven. That'll be good. That'll be fine. That's plenty of time. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're you here. Literally- We're committed. Is it okay to say this? Like you are literally recovering from COVID again. <laughs> yes, again, again, again. And- time just two. And you were like, yeah. You need more time to prepare, and it's crazy long. Sure, okay, okay, yeah, <laughs> perfect. This. Sounds good. This sounds great. Uh, okay, so not. I a mean, crazy I love long. talking to you. So, I crazy long nights are are fine. I mean, it's a good time, but like, it's I a great time. I mean, it's it's not the, quite the same, right? <laughs> but yeah, the um, yeah, today um, this one is is not a crazy long one as I mean all of you who are listening to this can see how long it is so if it is crazy long I guess I lied but um, yeah we're doing Crossair Flight 3597 so Crossair I I don't think this airline exists anymore I know I used to do a little more investigation into the airlines themselves but i don't believe this exists anymore um this i think it was like a another one of those airlines that kind of um it didn't survive 9-11 um the mm-hmm. it was like a regional carrier in europe uh and our flight today takes place on november 24th 2001 so uh, like, oh wow yeah two months after 9-11 Um, you know, very much still in that like post, like super close to 9-11 time for flying. And, um, yeah, the plane is one we've never talked about before in Avro 146. Okay. Yeah. Avro. So an Avro is like a British aviation manufacturer that may, you guys tell me if it still exists. It's a small you know, not a tiny, tiny, tiny plane, but a little puddle jumper, right? For for little. I just flights. right. I just googled it to see a picture, and the first thing that came up was um, this... Avro one four six for sale. So oh, okay. you can buy one. Apparently, it's a we very can buy popular one? Google search. How much does it cost? Does it say? It. Let's see. That's the first thing. Um. 80 million in 2019. So. 80 million. That's just a small much. 80 million. <laughs> That's 80 million. We'll just, is, we'll just buy one. I think 80 million is how much it costs to put the new engines on that one flight that flew through the the uh, volcano, the one that you wanted to just throw oh my out. God, yes. <laughs> so for 80 million, instead of just the engines on a 747, you can have an entire, an entire Avro 146. So I mean. Seems worth it to me. 
That's so the far. New goal, I don't know. Goal. That's the new goal, <laughs> yeah. guys. We gotta, we gotta make a Patreon. I guess. If you <laughs> know anyone selling one, send them our way. Yeah. Because <laughs> we pod crashed is looking. So it is a cool looking plane, though, right? Like if you're looking at it, it is. A yeah, neat, it is. I think it's a very attractive plane. It has like the little, like the the Cessna style wings, kind of where the wings yeah. are across the top. Instead of like in the center, yeah. do you know what I mean? If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Um, like four engines, and like it's a cool plane. I like it. Yeah, it's a cool looking plane. Yeah, it's like uh, compact. Yeah, yeah, like a little bit of a like a chunk, which you you like in a plane. A little bit of chunkiness. Yes, we love them. Comfy. It's good. The yeah. um, flight today that we're talking about is flying from Berlin to Zurich. Switzerland so not a long flight at all um just little again puddle jump regional air aircraft carrier all that so uh our we've got only 33 people on board the plane total so two pilots three flight attendants which is very luxurious for this number of passengers and um 28 passengers total and on board this plane is uh, Germany's version of the Spice Girls. Yes, we love it. Called Passion Fruit. Uh, <gasps> this is not on my radar, but maybe it's on no. our darling friend's radar. Um, Passion Fruit. And um, they are literally going from like one show to another. They like did a gig. They're still in costume. They're getting on this plane and they're going to go and fly to Zurich where they're going to perform again. So super. Oh my God. Yeah. It doesn't. It's one of those things like when you think about jobs that people really like. Yes. Are, are so passionate about and they want it so bad. Yep. That sounds terrible to me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think about that all the time. All yeah. the time. What's the job that seems like that to you? Oh God. Anything where you have to do that. Yeah. All jobs. Yeah. <laughs> All jobs. I Anything think, where you have to do that, just constantly, you're constantly on call. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, you you're just constantly like famous or doing something or. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like it would be so exhausting to be famous. It seems like the worst. Seems like the yeah. worst. The, yeah. The best part of being famous is like making people's day, I guess. Like if somebody is nice, like if somebody's happy to yeah. see you. But you can make people's day without being famous, baby. Just exactly. get out there and <laughs> be nice to people. <laughs> But, <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, the so the band is on board. They're sitting at the front of the plane. I wonder if that's why there's three flight attendants. I have no reason to think this is pure speculation, but I wonder if they threw an extra flight attendant on board because this is they're in Germany and oh, they're right. German like groups. So yeah, I don't know. that's something Jal would do, but I don't know if it's something that everybody does. But uh, the flight's like uh like somewhat delayed, not insanely delayed, but somewhat delayed because um there's really bad weather so it's like snowy foggy it's dark like it's it's uh just not not great weather by any stretch and they're running late not insanely late but late right um and uh the zurich uh airport so they take off from berlin everything's fine normal super short flight like maybe an hour ish. Right. And, um, at, so they're, they're taking off and pretty much as soon as they're taking off, there's like a little bit of 
quiet time and then you're pretty much preparing for landing and our pilots are captain hans and first officer stefan and uh captain hans is an instructor with uh like who's been flying forever for like uh 37 years is that right yep 37 years he's an instructor yeah he's coming up on um on 20,000 hours. So, you know, he's no Carlos, but he's still, he's fine, right? He's, he's, he has lots of experience. And Stefan was hired right out of flight, flight school, like right out of flight school. He's 25 years old. He has 490 hours total, right? He's, he's very, 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 very green. Uh, and yeah. Crosshair again is like a low cost, a regional air care like uh carrier so sometimes i say aircraft carrier and that's a different thing but <laughs> you get yeah. what i mean um, yeah so uh they uh stefan is very very green hans is very very experienced and hans is an instructor and kind of has that like instructor bone you know where he he is in the habit of like explaining everything he does and he like asks lots of questions and he's like like he's just like really um interested in trying to like help Stefan like learn things and and all of that uh but it's also the last light of the day and it's late and they just they're both stationed in Zurich. So this is like they're going home, right? So it's the end of the day, it's late, weather's terrible. They're, you know, they're heading home. Um, so Hans is doing kind of his natural kind of always in teaching mode thing, but also like tired. And so maybe not that right. enthusiastic about it. Um they are coming in toward Zurich, which again is the airport that they are stationed at. It's the airport that they fly in and out of all the time. Hans has done this a billion times. It's the only airport that Stefan has ever, you know, worked out of. It's the only one he's ever been based out of. So as they're coming in, Zurich Airport at this time had two runways, runway 14 and runway 28. So runway, on under normal circumstances, the way the airport has worked for a while is that they pretty much use runway uh, 28 for landing and runway 14 for takeoff. Uh, that's just been their way. Um, and what that means is that runway 28 has uh, a lot more... Uh, has like an ILS approach system. It's just more designed for landing. They they invested more in making runway 28 good for landing and more in uh, making 14 good for takeoff, right? So normally they would land on runway 28. A uh, little thing though. So if you get out your little map in your mind, guys, uh, Zurich is close to the border of Germany, right? And if you can picture the the runways, the way that you have to approach runway 28 in order to land, you have to fly over Germany, right? They're, those last couple minutes of the flight are are over Germany. This plane is arriving from Germany anyway, but no matter what, you pretty much have to 
in order to land on runway 28, you have to fly over Germany, right? Uh, German, like the, the people who live near the airport in Germany are like, we hate this. This sucks. We hate it. I do kind of get like you're trying to live your best Heidi life and you instead have like the sound of airplanes landing all night long. And so they basically lobbied the people who live in the German side of the, the uh, border lobbied to have a, uh, a time after which you could not fly over their airspace. Right. So they won and they got there to uh, they blah, 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 blah. <laughs> they won. And so very, very recently, like in in 2001, they got Zurich Airport to change the rules so that you could only land on runway 28 before 10 o'clock. So after 10, after 10 o'clock, there's a sound ordinance. You're not allowed to fly over that airspace while you're landing and closer to the ground and making more noise, right? Uh, so as our boys, Hans and Stefan and Passion Fruit and everybody else are coming in, they're aiming at runway 28. That's where they were planning on landing. That's where they used to landing. Their flight was scheduled to arrive before 10 o'clock. But because they're running late... They're actually going to arrive after 10 o'clock. So as they're like maybe maybe 15 minutes, like they're starting to descend toward uh, Zurich. They're like 10, 15 minutes out. They're already talking to the approach air traffic controller. Um, Stefan says like, hey, like we're planning for runway 28, but are we going to be allowed to land on runway 28? Like it's going to be after 10. And hmm. Hans is kind of like, Ugh, basically <laughs> he's just like, oh, ah, yeah, which I kind of get like you're, you've been doing right. this for forever and they changed the rules yeah. and it's annoying. And they had been planning Hans again is in teacher mode and he'd been like preparing Stefan for an ILS approach. They can't see well, it's nighttime. Uh, it's snowy and foggy, an ILS approach for our darling friends who may not know. An ILS approach is an instrument landing system approach. What that means is the uh, there are like these technologies on the runway itself that communicate with your plane so that the plane knows how high, how fast and where it is. And it basically allows your the uh, autopilot to land the plane more or less for you right and so which is really really nice if it's dark yeah. and foggy Super and it's the end of your work day right and that so they were preparing for an ILS approach super easy and and straightforward on runway 28 uh, Stefan points out hey we're gonna be there after 10 so Hans goes like, oh, yeah, that thing. Call, you know, air traffic control. And uh, yeah. our boy Stefan calls air traffic control. Now, at air traffic control, it's the end of the day for them, too, right? There's not that many more planes landing. You know, the whole airport doesn't stay open for that much longer, right? They've got a couple hours left in their day. And uh, everyone at the air traffic control office decided, like, let's go home and we'll just leave the girl who oh. is the bottom of the pole on the seniority oh. 
And uh, That's great. so the supervisor and everybody else had kicked off early and left our girl. I don't know her name, but she is. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that it's part of the thing that she's like she's newer and she's the bottom of the totem pole she's the lowest seniority right so it's just our girl she's the only one there's a lot of new people in this on this pertaining to this flight right now a lot of new people right and so um so stefan calls air traffic controller and says uh like hey you know we were we've when we departed like the plan for this flight was to land on runway 28 can we still land on runway 28 and our girl looks at the clock clock says it's not it's past 10 and our girl says uh sorry no you're gonna land uh on runway 14 and do a vor approach right and hans and stefan basically go like like because it's it sucks a vor approach what that means or vor dme what this basically means is uh if an ils approach gives your plane all of the information it needs to land on its own it gives you your speed your altitude and where you are like if you're lined up with the runway the vor approach on runway 14 because runway 14 was planned to be for taking off not for landing uh the vor system only gives your plane the information that it's lined up with the runway. It doesn't give mm. your plane information about altitude. So your plane has altitude information on board, but now you, a human, have to pay attention to that, right? The plane's right. not going to do it for you. Uh, so the VOR will tell them if they're lined up with the runway, which is obviously good. You need that information. And when you can't see, right, you need that information. But now they're going to have to... Uh, land the plane themselves in the dark in the cold snow whatever so uh they they do not um like they don't ask the air traffic controller again about it right they just say like okay switch gears uh our boy hans is always in teacher mode so he says like okay get out your map and uh let's plan out the VOR, DME approach, right? So ahead of them, uh, ahead of our boys, Hans and Stefan, there's another crosshair flight, right? So a different crosshair flight is also landing um, at... These two planes are not going to crash into each other. I'm going to spoil that in case that sounds like it's what okay, I'm setting up. You. Sorry, 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 sorry. No, it's just no, another no, no, plane. It's, it's ahead of them. It's getting ready to land. Um, and as that plane is landing uh hans and stefan are uh, hans particularly is paying attention to that landing right he's like listening to the the radio chatter about it and after that uh, pilot of the crosshair flight ahead of them lands he said the visibility is really borderline i couldn't see the runway until i was like less than one and a half miles away from it yeah. Wow. So they said 1.3 miles. That's when he could actually see the runway. So the visibility is very, very, very poor. Uh, they are still, I mean, that's their runway. They're, they're the next ones in line. Air traffic controller calls them, confirms what the other pilot had said, says, you know, the uh, visibility is borderline. You know, this is when he could see the runway. 
you want to continue and Han says yepers and they start to you know prepare because they're next in line they're cleared for landing now now Hans again is a always in teaching mode and he uh asks uh Stefan to so as the first officer right part of Stefan's job is to let him know when they're a hundred feet above minimums and what that means in this case is there's something called decision altitude that's the height at which the pilot flying the plane needs to decide if he's going to commit to landing the plane or if he's going to go around right so uh he Hans, you know, reminds Stefan to tell him when they're 100 uh, feet above decision height. And then uh, they're they're high already, right? Because the visibility is low because of the situation, they're going to they're starting out higher. They haven't descended as low. It's also Switzerland, right? It's it's mountainous. It's hilly. Right. Like it's the terrain is it's not flat terrain. So uh, Hans, like descends really steeply and really quickly like not in a way that's overtly dangerous but in a way that commercial pilots don't usually do because it's very uncomfortable for the people on board right so he just like puts a nose down at an angle and just descends really rapidly really sharply descend 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 and then hans is like oh okay like 100 feet above decision height and uh uh, Han says, you know, like, OK, we're six miles away from the airport now. And uh, they put the flaps up, everything like that. Uh, and they get down to 116 knots. So now they're getting lower and slower preparing for landing. Uh, they continue to descend super, super steeply uh, because Han says, like, yeah, we're landing, committed. You know, they're, they decide that they're going to land. Um, but they still can't, they can't see anything. They can't see the airport. Hans asks Stefan, you know, look out the window on his side to see if he can see the ground. And Hans does, and it's, it's broken cloud cover, right? So he can kind of see the ground down there. He can occasionally see it as they're going along, but he can't see it well. And that's what he says. He says, yeah, I mean, I can technically see the ground, right? So they keep going. <laughs> uh, they... Get to the point where Han says, like, okay, we're two miles away from the airport. And he says, he's saying under his breath, like, he said he saw the runway at 1.3 miles. So they they can't see the airport still. But Hans is expecting hmm. that they're going to see the airport soon, right? And both of the pilots start to really, really focus on looking for the lights of the airport, right? They're really locked in on trying to see the actual airport with their own two human eyes because they have to land the plane manually and so they're really 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 looking uh and stefan is starting to get a little creeped out by the whole situation he like as they're approaching and they're they're still not seeing it even though they're expecting to and stefan suggests you know do you think we should go around because now we're really low and we're really slow and we're expecting that we're right on top of the airport but we're not we don't see it right we don't see it even if it is right there we can't see it and hans goes like ah yeah okay so he throttles the plane's engines up and uh, gently like lifts the nose and starts to like go initiate a go around. Uh, 
as he starts to speed the plane up and gently start to lift it up, instead of the airport, a forested hill comes into oh, view directly ahead no. of them. They like push the throttles forward as far as they can. That Hans like pulls back on the nose, tries to lift the plane up. As they're flying, they clip the tops of the trees. Oh. They clip the tops of the trees. The tip of the right wing gets ripped off and fuel starts to pour out of it. It catches fire. They try and try and try to get the plane to lift up, but instead they crash into this hill. The plane catches on Damn. fire. Yeah. Damn it. Right. Fuck. They. Ugh. Ugh. Of the 33 people on board. Nine people survived. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Both of the pilots were killed. Oh, no. I know. Damn. The passion fruit, those, the girls that were in that band, two of them were killed. One of them survived with injuries. Their manager oh. survived. Ugh. My God. Talk about survivor's guilt. Holy oh, there were I people. I can't even imagine. There were people on board the plane who had been sitting um, close to the girls, like the passion fruit girls. There were people who had been sitting like right behind them, but they were kind of like bubbly, you know, they were like probably still in right. that, you know, kind of like performance mode. You know, they had to keep their energy high because they're going from one performance to another. And so the people who had been sitting behind them got up and moved to the back and they survived because the oh. rear of the plane is where most of the survivors were. Oof. Oh my gosh. That's tough. It's horrible. Our girl, the one flight, the one um, air traffic controller who was in the air traffic control office by herself, she like noticed right away and like put everything into action. She got rescue crews out there right away, which definitely, you know, helped people with injuries survive. Yeah. The uh, investigative bodies, right, the agencies that investigate this kind of thing arrive to the crash and they, you know, OK, what happened? Right. So while they're uh, like going through the wreckage, right, um, they find a couple things right off the bat that are really weird. And it's that some of the instruments, like some of the panels themselves are upside down, like installed upside down. And in okay. another story, that might be the end. That might be the smoking gun, right? But in, this, in this case, Jeez. the the panels that were upside down were pretty inconsequential. Like they weren't major things that the, you know, it wasn't like your altitude or something. It was like, you know, those little oil things. I mean, yeah. you you want all of them to be working and you want all of them to be installed correctly. Right. So yeah. when they found some of the panels that had been installed upside down, they kind of started thinking right away, like, OK, so maybe maintenance, maybe we should look at like the maintenance of this plane because maybe this, you know, airline isn't really up to snuff because that's a very unusual random thing to be wrong. Well, uh, and wouldn't the pilots notice like right away? 
Well, yeah. I mean, the 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 panels are. I mean, again, I know. I think about like the Manx Air pilots, right? Like this is a relatively low cost carrier. That's um, maybe. I, I know that pilots who fly planes that break all the time can get into that like, yep, that's cross air, panels upside down. You know, Jeez. I don't I'm not saying that's, yeah, that's what true. it was, but Right. The uh so they are looking at the mechanical stuff on the plane. Obviously, that's always like part of the investigation. They're particularly suspicious though, because the plane had not there'd been no like distress call from the plane, right? Besides that fact that they had initiated a uh, go around right like there was no they didn't have any reason right. to think anything was wrong wrong with the plane um they checked the engines to see if the engines had um been running when they crashed and all of the engines had trees dirt like all of that stuff in it so that the turbines had still been spinning when it crashed so it wasn't engine failure they're kind of like ticking stuff off um they one thing that's another just oh my god you guys the map the map that they had had to use because they couldn't do the ILS approach the map that they had of Zurich of the airport where they're stationed their base airport the map that they had didn't have the hill that they crashed into marked on it okay no right so when they were looking at the map the hill was not marked on it right but the other thing is that like this is their airport they fly into and out of every day right so that was they were kind of like there's no way that hans like the instructor pilot wasn't aware of this hill right like that it's really and again that's it. it's still not like the what happened right all of these things in mm. isolation are not good not good at all right. another thing is that like the other the supervisor who had gone home early at the air traffic control office right everybody's like okay well is it the the air traffic controllers like did she mess up they like run through and listen to everything you know her because her communication with the with the plane is shorter than the whole cdr right um right. but they listened through everything scrutinized everything no she didn't she didn't do anything wrong. Um, they did one thing that some people were bothered by and upset by. So she technically had the authority to let them land on runway 28. She had the authority to say, even though it's after 10, the weather's bad, you can do an ILS landing on run- runway 28. And she didn't. But Hans also had the authority to like ask for that and didn't, you know what I mean? Like, and so it was kind of like neither of them, she's relatively new. Anybody who's ever had a job knows that when you first start a job, you're much more of a stickler or you just aren't as like creative in your problem solving. And that's not the same as not doing your job. She didn't get in any trouble or anything, but some people, I guess somebody told her like for next time you're allowed to do that. Which I don't know. God. Again, right. It's a rough next time. Yeah. The next time. Right. Exactly. Like, Jeez. so they they run through everything. They're, you know, try, checking off all these different things. And they kind of land on, like, okay, well, we got to check out the, you know, CVR. Like, um, because 
pilot error, right? Like that's what what's going on, right? There's no reason to think there's anything wrong with the aircraft. The air traffic controller didn't tell them to go to the wrong place. So why did the again, why did this happen? Um they listened through the CVR and lucky for them, our boy Hans is always in teaching mode. So he had literally explained every single solitary thing that he did. Right. And uh, the first thing they notice is just that, like they had been planning to do the ILS landing, the ILS approach. They had planned that. That's what they thought they were going to do when they left Berlin and that, had that plan had gotten you know changed kind of last minute um but again it's their airport that they land in every single day so they as they're listening through and and marking out what happened they kind of they arrive at this idea that hans did not know where he was right at that time where he said that he where he was clearly like saying, you know, the other guys said that they could see the airport at 1.3 miles. They were still four miles away from the airport. They were not. Oh, geez. He, he clearly like had gotten confused somewhere and thought they were closer to the airport than they actually were. So that's why he didn't wasn't aware that they were going to run into something because he thought they were really, really close to the airport. So as they're like going through and kind of dissecting, you know, kind of guessing at where he thought he was. One thing is that when they said they could see the ground, they just don't think that they could. Basically, they just don't think that there's any way that they could see what they were saying they saw. And I'm not saying that, like, I don't think they're accusing them of lying you know, per se, it's not like like when Hans or when Stefan said he could see the ground again, like through the cloud cover again. It's not like he was like trying to be a tell a sneaky, like wicked lie or whatever. He just. I think they're just kind of thinking that they're closer than they are and they just want to like get to the airport and land. And, you know, the weather is is rough. But the idea that that Stefan could make a mistake like that is one thing because he's new to this. Right. Um, but the idea that Hans would make a mistake like this, like nobody, everybody's just like, what? Like the, the investigative bodies were like, how, how would this mistake be possible? Like how would an instructor pilot with almost 20,000 miles or 20,000 hours get confused in this way where he doesn't even know where he was and so I have not an ounce of interest in beating up on pilots of any any sort, and certainly not pilots who die tragically. Um, but our boy Hans, our boy Hans, okay, let's talk about it. Hans wanted to be a pilot from baby boy. He wanted to be a pilot so badly, and he applied to be a pilot when he was 17, when he was 18, when he was 19, and he kept getting turned down because he didn't have the education. And finally, 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 when he was 20, he applied again. He did a little bit better on like the tests or whatever. He like kind of got over that line, right? And so he, you know, got to go to flight school. After he got out of flight school, he has been, you know, obviously flying for a really, really long time. And he, uh, 
he keeps in his career, right? He worked for Crossair and he's on this Avro 146 aircraft, but with his time, normally he would have upgraded to, uh, in this case, in this time, an MD-83, but he kept failing the tests. They were just like too complex oh. for him to understand. And so he kept just flying the Avro, which he's very confident on. He's the instructor right. on it, right? God. And so he just, but he kept failing the tests. Um, he, he had, he had made a mistake at one time on a different aircraft where he had retracted the landing gear while the plant plane was still on the apron and it broke the plane. That was the end of the plane. Okay. He like total loss of this aircraft. Uh, our boy Hans one time had uh, had a near miss where he almost did collide with another aircraft. He had a, kind of a big one. He had done a sightseeing tour over the Alps with like a, a like a just a, a charter flight, right? Like a sightseeing flight, and he had circled what he thought was the airport where he was supposed to land. But when they got closer to it, the passengers said, why are the signs in Italian? And it was the wrong airport in the wrong country. Like our boy, listen, this reminds me of the Florida air, Florida, Florida air 90 air, Florida 90. We're like, of course, in every single industry, there's going to be people who kind of like, just like they're right on the line they're right on yep. the line and yep. pilots are no different of course there's people like somebody graduated <laughs> at the bottom of their class in every field every class ever right yep. and our boy like clearly loves flying so much but he maybe was just right on that line and he had a history <laughs> of right. like not knowing exactly where he was or getting discombobulated and and this time it was too much and it's really yeah, sad that's it's really, really sad. sad it's really i just feel like i don't know I, I like obviously we are outsiders looking in and all of these stories we have no idea actually what you know people are thinking or whatever i just i don't know i i don't feel like i could continue to fly a plane if i had that many near like misses yeah, yeah. I just like, you know, like my desire to fly a plane is much less important than people's lives. Like I just, it's hard to, it's like hard to reconcile those two things. And I don't know. I know that the airline itself held on to him partially for the same reason they hired Stefan right out of flight school, that they're a cheap airline, right? And that's a problem that's going to come up over and over and over and over again, because like my darlings, I'm not, I'm there with you. I'm not yelling at you, but if we want cheap flights, that money is coming out of somebody's pocket. Right. So you, you don't get the best, you don't get the person who's the top of their class. Right. And again, that's not like, I'm not trying to say, I really don't want to sound like I'm like disparaging pilots who fly for those airlines. It's just the, why, why would you, right? Hopefully, hopefully, you know, you can find a job, but then I don't know, whatever. But 
I would hope um I love all of our listeners obviously I would hope our listeners would know you of all people in the universe would not disparage people working for Spirit Air I would never not for a second (laughs) no Spirit Air uh, it's like our first thing we ever talked about right the Spirit Air had a (laughs) like they have like strikes and stuff like good good Yeah. yeah 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 and that's another again so I don't know the 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 long and short of it is that he there was like a lot of stuff that was like a little bit off and he just kind of lost track of where he was and that's so insanely dangerous when you're flying and yeah. he didn't have like you know his first officer this is again not something horrible about Stefan you everybody is at the beginning of their career at some point yeah right but yeah. he didn't have like like Stefan didn't know that they weren't in the right spot, right. right? Or maybe he did, but he wasn't pushy about it because he's super junior, right? That's another yeah, thing. Yeah. So maybe, I mean, he's one who suggested they go around in the first place, which probably saved those nine people. Like if they had mm. been yeah. still like, if they'd just continued to sink as if they were going to land, then they might have had like a more cataclysmic crash. So I don't know. It stinks. It's it's sad. It's, it stinks. Ugh. And even that, what, like, um, I don't know. Like our, our girl in the air traffic control office didn't get in trouble because it wasn't her fault. Right. But yeah. that's still like imagine having that thought that like if you had just suggested something that it would have like i hope she's okay with it i hope she's at peace with it because yeah yeah gosh i'm gonna say did hans like did he have a family or like i know i always his family speak about it i don't think i didn't read anything by his family which i think is too bad because i think clearly he Clearly, he. How can I say this? Like, I don't know who doesn't love that like scrappy kid who like keeps going for something, even though right, right, like, yeah. you know, just because it's what you really want to do. <laughs> like, that's the thing I think about. I don't know how many times yeah. you've done. I I could, I could strangle like twenty two year old me in a lot of different ways, oh, right? God. Like for a lot so of reasons. many ways. But one of the big reasons is for like stupid reckless driving things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that. I mean, I've told you this before, but like I used to put the cruise control on and then sit yeah. cross-legged, cross-legged in the driver's it's seat. Terrifying. Right. It's Poor terrifying. Brain. No, nowhere near a break. No break in sight. Like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, 22 year old Casey should have should go to jail. <laughs> but yeah. like just or I think a lot of people have like driven when they were way too tired, have driven when they're on the line alcohol wise or when they yeah. smoked weed like a few hours ago and they're, you know, like whatever, like, and I'm not, I'm not calling you a bad person or trying to, or trying to like completely let us off the hook for stuff like that. Right. But right. I just think that when that you just all, I don't know, everybody is just, I don't know, capable of doing stuff like yeah. this. And I don't right. Know. Right. I think for Hans, though, like, I don't know, dude, like, you're not 22 anymore, though. You're like a seasoned pilot. Right. And if well, that's even you keep okay. fucking up, like, I just keep thinking, like, if if my family was on the plane, like, I 
I yeah. don't know. I, I don't know if I could have the same compassion for him. Or no, and I, I would, get that. I, and I would definitely sue the fuck out of the airline for sure. Oh, yeah. So always sue the airline. Always sue yeah. the airline. 100%. Because, right. Always. Every time. Every day. Always. Um, but We're the, fucked if we ever actually have to sue an airline. <laughs> listen, I'm fine with it. But like, I mean, I never want to sue an airline because I never want anything like that to happen, right? But No, exactly. I, I definitely... Yeah, the just this 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 particular episode is definitely coming up in the in the trial for sure. Yeah, well, like, hi, judge. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I think that it's important to like hold the people who are making those top level decisions accountable because yeah, like yeah. asking Hans to like take himself out of commission, you know, as far as like being a pilot when he. Like I, this is his career, right? Like he wants to right, retire. Right. He has his own like hopes and dreams and he likes flying and all of that. Like, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I'm not saying you're wrong at all. But the reason you sue the airline is because the airlines are the, the airline is the one who decided yeah. like, nah, Hans can keep flying. And again, exactly. I can understand why somebody would make that decision like especially yeah. keeping him on the aircraft that he's more comfortable on someone's got to fly that plane right like so i can see how you would land at these choices but like right. gosh darn it all like this plane crashed because he just lost track of where he was a couple right. miles from the airport and right. it just stinks it stinks yeah. and and a lot of people got really mad about the air, the like ordinance, the sound ordinance thing, because people feel like that's what caused the crash. And I mean, in the in a very yeah. tangential way, I mean, like they right. probably would have landed safely with an ILS, ILS approach on um, runway twenty eight. That probably is true. Right. Um, and but that's not like people who just want to be able to like sleep without the airplane landing over them aren't to blame for that no that's exactly. not fair exactly um, but i can imagine that too i can imagine being upset that like because this is landing in zurich so people there's probably people who like live in that town who lost people on that plane right like it's all local yeah. so i can yeah. also see just being like like damn that's stupid i don't know i don't know but that's the other problem with with like honing in on a single problem yeah issue right? right yeah like hype and that's to go back to it they the pilots got hyper focused on looking visually for the runway instead of paying attention to their instruments because again like right. pilots can land a plane in zero visibility pretty much right if they're paying close attention to their instruments, but they're expecting to be able to see the runway. And right. so they, they stopped, they weren't focusing on their instruments and they got turned around. But Jeez. so that is, um, that flight, the, uh, anybody <laughs> who's still listening, the, um, this is not the Buffalo episode, but the Buffalo episode is very much coming. So, uh, the we're, we've already recorded parts of it it's just we're pouring a lot of extra love and attention and work into it and so it's taking a little bit yeah. longer but not for just, lack of trying <laughs> yeah casey has poured a lot of work into this i have read one article 
<laughs> that's not because... really fair though <laughs> that's not fair but i don't know i i do think casey will never take credit but she deserves 100 percent of it all the time I will never take 100% of the credit because that's not the case. I'll take 1%. You got on this call thinking that I had pushed back the time and I was going to talk to you for an hour and a half. So I think think you deserve credit. All right. 1.5%. That's fine. 0.5% for attitude, I guess. 0.5 0.5 which is, out of Which out is of 100% poor most of the time. So no. <laughs> I don't know what that's 0.5 <laughs> out of 1. So just 50, 50%. Of that. Um, do, you, do you have a fact? I do. I wanted Ooh. to talk about the telescope that, uh, that we just launched. That oh, is yes. supposed to be really exciting. Um, yes. But I just feel like I don't, I don't know if I'm the person to kind of explain it. So just go look up the telescope that is in space right now it's it's very cool that um, right there is the be... humility that would have kept yeah. you from flying if you were hot it's like <laughs> yes god bless exactly him. god bless him but this that's it that's the quality but i shouldn't interrupt you. <laughs> but, uh. um but it's really cool i mean i i think we're supposed to start seeing pictures within a couple of weeks which is like you know this is it's just very cool but in that process of of kind of reading about that um i found a kind of funny space fact uh Mm. which also coincides with my obsession of hating conspiracy theory Mm. not not theorists because i i can actually sympathize but conspiracy theories yeah um let's see here so apparently footprints on the moon will be there for a hundred million years because the moon has no atmosphere so there's no wind to like erode yeah. the surface there's no water to like so wash anything like away there. so they're just gonna That's sit there cool. and you know our hopefully like i don't know our grandkids will be able to go see the footprints on the moon one day and that. prove that it's not a not a conspiracy theory right that i love right? that isn't that just special it's like a nice like hmm that's great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, it's part of like what's nice about like the timelessness or whatever, right? Like it's kind of I don't know, the image I'm getting in my mind is like the ultimate like the ultimate version of like writing your name in wet cement. Just Yeah, exactly. Like, that's so 100 cool. billion years. That's I mean, so until cool. we get there, we're definitely like going to probably block it off and then who knows, but Yeah, it turns it into It has like the potential to be there park. for 100 million years. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say that- it that way. The the telescope, I don't know, and I wouldn't be the right person to talk about it either, but if it's someone I'm I, I'm I think that the it's like looks like a honeycomb design, right? Kind of. Yeah. And it's really cool because they just the way it's gonna like unfold, right? Because that's one of the things that's really you wanna get a big telescope up there, but it's very hard to like launch a big telescope right that's just a right. hard thing and the or maybe again maybe that's not exactly the problem but all i know is that i watched like years ago i watched a um like a cgi like simulation of mm. how they would how it would unfold and it was just like yeah. beautiful it's beautiful yeah very beautiful <sighs> and like it's cool potentially you know if you this is your thing we've got a lot of people who wrote in and said they love alien stories yeah this could be it you know this this could be the time 
could be, be official. Right? Twist of the century. I don't know. The U.S. government is is real sketch about aliens lately. <laughs> I know. I've thought, I've like watched those, like the Navy videos and thought like, yeah. is there a way for us to do an episode on this? But I just feel like it's so like suited to a visual media. I don't know. Yeah. Other yeah, that's stories. very fair. Yeah. Other alien for stories sure. are, are always, always a good time. But yeah. the, yeah. So, um, we love all of you very much. And yeah. the Buffalo episode is impending. And yep. um, thank you for, <laughs> thank you for just sticking with us. Like, sincerely. <laughs> we just, yeah. you know, we love all of you so much. And I know you guys are, are it's crazy that you're still there. And it's crazy that yeah. you're there in the first place. So thank you. Yeah. And, and stay safe you. out there. Get vaccinated. Yes. Get boosted. Wear a mask. Yes, I we, I hope so much from the bottom of my heart that all of you are healthy and safe and well and enjoying your new year. Mm. And um, I love you so much. I love you, Mariah. Yeah, I love you too, Casey. Great story. Ah, Thanks for telling it. a pleasure. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Pod Crashed. We so hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us for any reason, you can email us at thepodcrashed at gmail.com. Uh, we are very excited about the Buffalo episode. We are working on it. Thank you to Tim for uh, from FS Mania. <laughs> uh, be sure to check out his channel. He has been helping us with some little secret um, additional pieces for that. Um, we love you very much. We hope you're having the best new year. Uh, stay tuned for, uh, this song by Renee, the entertainer who got a write up in the economist for this song. So please enjoy. Thanks for listening. I'm a selfless little male, but then gave all my love to a selfish young fellow You and my DMs trying to make me feel something He talking nice to me, but I don't feel nothing Exes on exes, he think he a big son He's sliding in, but she don't even feel nothing Think you the illest? Why is he coughing, nigga? <sighs> These vibes put you in a coffin, nigga Or a coffin fit Tell me, does the coffin fit? Boy, I just might off you with it Tell me, does the coffin fit? I could be modest let me be honest I could be bad, bad I could be on it Do it for the culture Do it for the vultures Let me be factual Baby, it's natural She spent the stimmy On the booty In Miami Listen, can you tell me 
running the streets since 17 when his youngest son wasn't even caught. Used to talk it to me every day till my moccasins help me run away. If you don't wanna be monogamous, then that's your prerogative. Let me change the narrative. Yeah, I'm feeling talkative. Is it really fitting, fitting if you're the only one who profited? They love my ass, they can't stand me. I'm backing it up on my plan B. Going broke wild like Bambi. Superhero fly, I'm Stanley. I'm the villain. Chillin' like ass in the villain I top you off and then fly home for dinner I put it all on the line if you willing I could be modest But let me be honest yeah, I could be bad, bad Yeah, I could be honest uh, Do it for the culture Do it for the vultures Let's be factual Yeah, baby, it's natural She spent the stimmy On the booty Girls